Hey guys, it's Pastor Scott and I am so thankful that you've chosen to share these moments together. My prayer always is that something said will fortify, strengthen, equip, and encourage us to become everything that we were created to be. Uh, we have been doing some of these podcasts with local ministries, and I've gotten a lot of good feedback. And so we want to continue in that flow, and I am really blessed, really honored to have a good friend of mine. Uh, he's, he's a pastor of Cornerstone Church here locally in Wilkesboro, and he has been in ministry for a very, very long time. That's not to say anything about his age, <laughs> but it is to say that you can settle back and drink from from this well. And I just want to take a second and thank Pastor Mark Workman for being here with us. Pastor, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. For agreeing to do this. It's great. Um, there are so many questions that people have, and it would be uh, sophomoric to think that we can ask <coughs> just the right question and have just the right answer. Sure. I, I told someone not too long ago, we're there's really no monolithic answer because we're not a monolithic people. No. Uh, but I do think that there is wisdom. Uh, I think that there is safety in the multitude of counsel. Yes. And so I'm very interested to not only hear your heart, but I want to see things from other people's perspective. Sure. Because perspective is what determines perception. And sometimes we don't see because we're not willing to move off of our mark. And um, no pun intended, but I want to move on to your mark today and get your heart. So let me just start by asking this. And like I said, I know this is a very broad base, but this will take us somewhere. Um, you know, what was a disease physically and a pandemic physically? Obviously, the social ripples, the economic uh ripples, if you will, the political unrest, and, and now we have social unrest and all of that going on. How are you not only navigating through this personally, but uh, what is your general counsel uh, to, to your people? Well, I think it's, I think in the, the time that we live in, I think it, it uh, partly is what Daniel said, is that when our country lies in ruins that our only answer is God. Mm. And I know that sounds spiritual uh, to the degree that, that we think, well, that's, that's almost a cliche answer that we, we hear in today's society, but it really isn't. Right. And the reason why it's not is because it's like anything else, is that uh, some things are a catchphrase because you have nothing else to, to hold on to. Yeah. But I'm talking about 50 years, I'm talking about 50 years of going through uh, the loss of a child at, uh, who's 21 years old, killed in a car accident, uh, went through cancer uh, twice, uh, have suffered loss, have lost everything uh, twice, uh, know what it is for failure, know what it is for success. Uh, so in that context, uh, my point of reference is that um, that he is that point of reference. Once that, that always stays true north, then what happens is then from that point, then reason begins to be more balanced. I think that if you come from the humanistic or the naturalistic side 
only, mm -hmm. and that is your reference point, uh, then you always stay in reason instead of revelation. Right. That's I think good. there has to be a balance between the two. I think when reason is the only answer, then what happens, I think that's when the spirit of fear comes. Mm -hmm. uh, I think when you are always living in that natural place that the scientist's word is more uh, relevant and prevalent, uh, then it becomes louder than the voice of God. Right. So I think that's where <clears throat> my, my foundation is. I think that's where uh, my anchor lies, is, is my relationship with God. Uh, my relationship with Him, my intimacy with Him. It's in those simplistic things of the Word, of prayer, of fasting. Those things become the simplistic foundation stones that, that I live in. It is knowing the rhythms of grace, the rhythms of life, yeah. the rhythms of prayer. How I prayed as a 20-year-old versus a 67-year-old is completely different. Sure, sure. My conversations with God are a whole lot different Absolutely. than they were then, and yeah. I know that you can say the same thing. Yes, sir. Uh, back then, it was boom, 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 boom. Thank yeah. you, I'll see you later. Right. You know, right. now <laughs> it's that, uh, hey, you know, I just want to spend some time with you, Lord. Yeah. Uh, I just, I need you to hear my heart. I, I just need to talk to you about a few things. Yeah. Uh, it's the difference in, in, um, uh, uh, I think as a 20-year-old, you are in that constant to where that, that uh, hey, I can do it. Yeah. Uh, I have the strength of my youth. Yeah. Uh, the older you get, you realize how your, your natural strength fails you and how much more you need the strength of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that's my point of reference. And when I speak to my people, I speak to them in the context of, look, that we can use practical things. We can, we can be safe. But what is God saying here? Mm -hmm. What is God saying in the midst of the chaos? And of course, I think all of this uh, is birth pains. Yeah. I think it's Romans 8 to a T. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I absolutely. think it's the beginning of birth pains. I think it's birth pains of that, that in, in what we look as the world, the world thinks it's all about them. Mm -hmm. And really, it's all about him. Right. right. And so I believe that the church is pregnant. And uh, I believe that the sons of God have yet to be fully manifested in the earth, but I truly believe that what we're seeing is birth pains, and I, that's what I say to my church. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was, um, I was really intrigued when you said, you know, how you prayed um, yes. <clears throat> as a 20-year-old versus versus now, and um, and I know that some of those things are age appropriate. You know, I see my, um, I see my daughters, you know, that are you know, 22 and mm -hmm. 19. And I, I see, I know some of the things that they're worrying about are age appropriate. It's sure. going to be okay. But I know that they have to walk through those things. And, and when you said that, I was reminded of when, when John said, I write to you young men because you fight, but I write to you fathers because you know. Right. And there's just something about knowing where the apostle Paul says, I know in whom I have <clears throat> believed. I, I believed it. But now I've walked enough miles and, and God's proven himself time and time again that I now know. And there's a persuasion that comes from, from knowing exactly. uh, that's even greater than the one of, you know, believing loudly. Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Um, one of the things you said, and I, I, I wanted you to comment on this, if you, if you don't mind. 
I had someone tell me not long ago that you know they were they were back and forth because they said you know I'm 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 not afraid I'm I'm not afraid I'm I'm not afraid and I remember telling them well you can actually be afraid and that doesn't mean that you're governed with a, by a spirit of fear right uh, you know David said what time I am afraid and how would you counsel someone? who is, you know, they're trying to balance that, you know, well, if I'm afraid, then I must not have faith. And in in truth, if you're afraid, that's when you need courage. That's where courage manifests itself. It's, it's possible, I believe, that you can be afraid in the moment, but you don't have to let fear govern your decisions. True. Um, what what would you say along those lines, the, the difference between the two? Well, I think it, I think it goes back to, like you said, it's the knowing. Uh, the the word there in, in John chapter 8 where Jesus said, uh, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free or set you free. Mm-hmm. And I think the word know there, it comes in the same context as Philippians chapter 3 where that Paul is talking about that I may know him. It is not, it is not the full knowledge uh, that you may have the, the, the knowledge of, of him or a full knowledge of him yet. The word know there in the Greek where it gives us, the, the term there is a progressive knowledge. That I am, it is a process. Right. That the knowledge is not instantaneous. It's in that same context that if you read in the Amplified there in Philippians 3, he said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Well, me knowing him in the powers of resurrection as a 20 year old, is a lot different than knowing him and the power of his resurrection at 67. Why? Well, because because you only know what you live. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, good. You, you 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 that individual, I'm sure, uh, is is it's 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 self uh, convincing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Uh, and I understand that. But what has to happen is that look, it's saying to somebody, look. You have to experience the fear before you can experience faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you know to have faith of something if you have not faced your fear? Mm-hmm. Uh, God allows you to feel that. He allows you to feel the pain, the hurt. Uh, he has allowed you so that in that you then make a choice. The choice is, will I go to my high priest and allow him, if I will allow the Lord to take this and to heal this, to help carry this. That's that's the whole point of a relationship, Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole the whole point of the relationship is for him to help us carry that. And so anybody who is struggling with that, I think I think the the, the greatest disservice we do is to pretend that, hey, we live up here and you live down here. No, what it is, is that you're in a different process of your walk than where I am. Right. Uh, I'm up here not to leave you, but to shine a light back here to you mm-hmm. and say, here, I shined a light on that path right. for you not necessarily to have to make the mistakes that I made. Right. right. My experience is for that. Sure. My experience is so that others that you can say to that individual that came to you, hey, look, 
you can do it. You want to know why? Because I did it. Right. And I'm not any more special than you, but I did it, and this is how I did it. But if you didn't know how the how-tos to do it, mm-hmm. then you can't tell the other one coming behind you, hey, this is how you do it. This is the way out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard someone, I can't remember exactly who it was, or I'd give them credit, but someone said, you know, two of the greatest teaching tools are mentors and mistakes. Oh, yes. And that's why I think um, over the years, I'm thankful that God has allowed us to earn equity in people's lives. Yes. Uh, so, you know, so that we can speak into anybody that has oversight, by definition, can see over and insight they can see into. And so, you know, if there is legitimate relationship there, then, you know, you're not, you're not trying. And I know what you're saying. We're not trying to say that we're better than. We're just, I think it's okay to, to say to someone, we may be further than. And that doesn't mean better. Each man in his own order. You know, I, I've had to learn to give people the grace to walk at their pace, you know, to live at their pace. And, you know, God, it's interesting, and I think actually I heard Bishop Pitt say this first, but he's a God that cannot be understood, but he can be known. Mm -hmm. He cannot be explained, but he can be be experienced. Mm -hmm. And that's where the measure of faith, you know, really is is put to the test. Um, I I don't know about you, I'm seeing a lot of good, sincere uh, Christians that are... I don't know, they're being damaged by some of this. And when you mention some of the things that you've walked through, mm-hmm. some of the things that you've experienced that you can draw from, um, you know, does is, is God giving you a way? Is God opening doors for you to speak into people where you can say more than, you know, I love you, but you can actually say, I've been there. Right. Um, and, you know, to help someone see... You know, David, for all of the majestic descriptions of God, David's the one that said, I would have fainted knowing everything that I know about his kingship, his sovereignty. I would have fainted had I not seen his goodness. Um, what, what are you, what are some of the questions that you're hearing, especially from, um, you know, not only your people, but especially from younger people? that this has seemed to just throw them such a massive curveball. And, um, you know, we want to say, guys, it's really okay. Um, what we're experiencing right now, like we're, we're right on schedule, right. you know. Um, what would you say to someone who feels like, man, I can't do this or I can't take this? Well, I think, it, I think one of the disturbing things that <clears throat> we are seeing a pattern in, in our life right now, Scott, I think you can say this. Have we ever seen a time to where we're seeing more young preachers committing suicide? More suicide in our society than ever before. And so when you hear the story, it's almost like it's a repeat. Beautiful family, Mm -hmm. beautiful kids, beautiful ministry. But then you hear what they were struggling. And it's not because they weren't surrounded by anybody else who didn't love them. You know, there was leadership that was there. They were talking to individuals. They were counseling. Some had to go on to medication. But why? And I think the reason why is is that because we have a society that does not make room for failure. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't make room for individuals to be vulnerable. We, we do not, when we, we were raised in a society, you fake it till you make it. Right. We were raised in a time to wear a look. I don't want to hear about it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you get up, you do it, you do it till you drop, and then you get back up and you do it again. Uh, you don't talk about those things, you know. Uh, everything, per, per, what I call pretentious faith, mm-hmm. what I call about presumptuousness, the presumptuousness of faith. And I think that what a lot of people are asking is, why are these things happening? Why has this virus happened? Why are people losing faith? Why are they losing vision? And I think in my, in my heart, in my mind, I think it's the greatest time we lived in because for the first time, the world is looking to God and saying, why? Mm-hmm. And I think that God is never disturbed by our whys. Right. I don't think God is disturbed by our doubts or our fears. I think that sometimes we, we wonder, you know, well, uh, and I'll never forget a time that I walked through in my life uh, after my son was killed. And, and uh, I was in a place to where, you know, just, it's, it's enough. Mm-hmm. I, I can't do it anymore. And uh, uh, I remember standing in service and literally saying to God, I know what you want. I know you want my worship. I know you want me, but I'm not going to. You talk. Of course, this is the mind of it. You talk the very thing I loved. Mm-hmm. I was in ministry. We had a deal. Right. I'll do this. I'll give everything. But my family, leave them alone. Yeah. And of course, that's the mindset that you have at the time. That's the mindset of grief. And I remember that for the first time in my life when I was at home by myself, first time not going to church, that's a real revelation, a preacher not being in church because that's your whole world. Right. You know, your whole identity is about being there, doing yes. this, yes. being that. And, and I remember standing in my living room looking up and screaming at God. And I remember that everything within me, I won't describe the words or uh, the tone, or I don't want to paint too much of a vivid picture. Fortunate enough, the neighbors would have heard me. I'm sure they would have called the, the, uh, uh, the hospital and had me taken away in a brand new suit that ties in the back. Uh, but I had, I had lost it. I told God, I just was truthful. And I don't think that we have it. And I remember after I came off of that sabbatical, there was an elder that uh, we had eldership that we were a part of. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. And all the other things, I mean, God had given me insight, had given me revelation, had given me vision. I came out of it. There was a healing. And I'll never forget sitting in this elders meeting. This elder looked at me and said to me, she looked right at me and she said, I- I'm sorry. I just don't understand. How can anybody quit? You tuck your hand off the plow. How could you leave? How could you do that? And I looked at her and instead of being discouraged, I just looked and I thought to myself, I didn't say it out of my mouth, but I looked and I thought, you are really stupid. You are really stupid. And I thought that to myself and I laughed on the inside. And the only reason I could do that is because I realized she couldn't understand because the reason why I knew by the spirit that she would would have wanted to be that vulnerable with God, mm. to be in that place of brokenness with him. 
And I think that's what a lot of people are searching for is being able to be broken without being rejected. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really what it comes down to. And that's what we are hearing a lot of in our recovery that we do every Friday night. I run a recovery, a men's recovery group on Friday nights. And it is amazing the ones that can't come in and the ones that hear and the brokenness. It is unbelievable the brokenness that we have heard in the last two years of people who've come through that recovery system. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's one of the things, if I answered your question. Sure, sure. 